It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Carcon Carne, welcome to Friday night. Welcome to Friday night at home. Carcon Carne is sponsored by C&H Financial Services. Uh, C&H offers a variety of products ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates expenses tied to accepting credit cards. C&H also offers cost-effective commercial lending programs, which can help you get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented, weird insane times to learn more contact c and h financial services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us joining me returning to the show uh, a wonderful dude brent sopel hockey player uh, star and advocate for people struggling with dyslexia welcome back brent well thanks for having me so I, right out of the gate, the Brent Sobel Foundation is the organization you founded to help people, especially kids struggling with dyslexia. I think a good place to start with you tonight is the very real situation is most kids are going to be learning from home for the next through through the holidays, probably. I've got to think that for kids struggling with dyslexia, this opens up a whole can of worms. This makes things exponentially harder. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, 100%. It's not only kids with dyslexia. Any kid with a learning disorder, um, it's hard enough for me to sit here on this screen. How's, how do you get a 7-year-old or a 10-year-old or, or a 14-year-old to sit here you know, and stare at this you know, computer screen or an iPad, whatever they're on, for more than 15 minutes? And they're asking them to do it for an hour, two, three, four hours of time. It's, yes, you're bang on. So if you are a parent and you're listening or watching right now and you want advice, feedback, help, they should, they should reach you, reach out to you in the organization, shouldn't they? Yeah, 100, 100% reach out to me and we'll try and help out. You know, all I care about is self-esteem. So kids with learning disorders, that's what we struggle with, especially with dyslexia, you know, because um, it's tough being a kid no matter what you are, you know doesn't matter who, you know, you're, you just, you want to be accepted and, and, and we're, we're different. We learn differently. So, um, I tell a parent, if your kid is really struggling at home, close the book, close the computer, who cares? Let's, you know, that self-esteem is more important. Yes. There's going to be teachers that are going to be mad at me for saying that, but guess, but guess what? That self-esteem, it doesn't matter how brilliant you are. It doesn't matter if you're a genius or you're amazing at baseball or whatever, but if you don't have self-esteem, you don't have anything. And when you're really struggling and you're spinning your wheels over and over and over again for time and time, you know, 15, 20, 45, two hours, you know, you're not going to get that self-esteem back. Close it up. That question's still going to be there tomorrow. You know, that math problem, that reading assignment, whatever, that's still going to be there. But that self-esteem may not. And self-esteem, it's a big issue. It was a big issue for you dating back to school. I mean, your insecurity over having dyslexia manifested in you being a bully yeah, and taking it out on other people. You probably weren't even aware of where that was coming from or, or why you were so angry and why you were being so crappy to other people. But that was that was insecurity, wasn't it? 100%. And that's why I can say what I just said to about that self-esteem, because I've you know, I've lived it. I live it every day. Um, 
I didn't find out I was dyslexic till I was 32 years old, you know? So, um, I was reading. Wait, now what did you, what did you think was going on with you? The, the three words that for dyslexics or kids with ADHD, a lot of them and other things are three words. You're lazy, you're dumb and stupid. You know, um, I knew I wasn't lazy because I was on the ice working and, you know, being successful on that side, working really hard there. And I knew I was working hard at that math problem or whatever. I just, just couldn't get it. But the words that stuck out to me, I was dumb and I was stupid. And I thought that, and you know, today that still plays in my head every single day. And I know I'm not, but it still rings in my head because you told something for so long over and over again. And that's exactly where I talk about where I was just talking about that self-esteem and um, that's, that's everything. Yeah. You hear something often enough, you start to internalize and think, well, maybe there's something to that. Correct. So there's a new 30 minute documentary uh, all about you, your, your, your journey. It sounds cheesy to say, but your journey, Uh, it's called here to change the world. Uh, You said a quote or gave a quote in this documentary, which to me is a showstopper. If I didn't have hockey, I'd be dead. Yeah. Full stop. I mean, that's, that's it. That was, that was your coping mechanism. Your, that was your hard work. Uh, That was where you focused everything. Yeah. You know, there was, I I was, I struggled at everything one place. And so it wasn't a job. It wasn't a sport. It was a lifeline. That's where I got my self-esteem from everything that I talked about here so far as that self-esteem only place I got it from was there, you know? So I spent every waking moment on the ice, you know, all winter long, you know, every outdoor rank, anytime, you know, because that's where I got my self-esteem. That was the only time I felt okay, good about who I was as a person. You know, you talk about school, you know, you go to school for seven or eight hours. Guess what? So my self-esteem, I hated every second of it because I struggled. You know, so then I stepped back on the ice. So, you know, I use it as a gas tank. You know, my gas tank went down, down, down at school. Then hockey would bring it up. School would bring it down. Hockey would bring it up. So if I didn't, you know, have hockey it would have never been brought back up. So 100%, by those words I say, 100%. Was it weird to have a documentary made about you? Did you feel weird? Like being, were you you nervous to see the final cut? No, you know when I cried the first time I watched it? Um, But, you know, everybody's like, you're putting yourself out. I don't think I am, you know, because it's not about me. You know, it's about every kid that you just, you talked about, it's about, you know, is there any parents watching this saying, you know, like my, my son or daughter has this, um, every kid struggling, the anxiety that I know these kids are, are thinking and fearing right now as we speak, thinking that, you know, school's going to start here, you know, maybe for some people in, uh, you know, Illinois next week. I know um, in certain states, Atlanta started this week. Uh, I know LA, I think is next week. So, the anxiety of those kids right now is mm-hmm. I know what that is. And this is why I'm okay telling my story. And my story is not about me. It's about every single one of those kids. That's cool. That's, that's very cool. You feel that way. And I, I, some of this is hard to watch. It's hard to watch you explain these struggles, but what I think is really helpful besides your story, there's an actual visualization that happens in the documentary, what it looks like, to see through a dyslexic brain and dyslexic eyes and just how for someone who can read seeing that it's like, Oh my God, that's, that's what 
dyslexia looks and feels like. And the light bulb went off with me like, oh my gosh, no wonder this has been such a struggle. That's terrifying. Yeah, you know, and uh, Cameron T.C. did, the, the, you know, obviously put the uh, the director put the uh, documentary together, did an amazing job with that. And there, there's so much more that go. Everybody just thinks dyslexia is just flipping your B's and D's. Yeah, right. And I exactly. always say, no, no, no. There's n- Yes, that's about a very, very small piece of it. Um, there's reading comprehension. Um, then there's, yes, there's more severities for, for, you know, slightly dyslexic to severe. The most severe dyslexic will never read a day in their life. Well, and you talk about, you, know, you can't fill out doctor's forms. Like if, you, if you're handed a clipboard, like I'm out, can't do it. Yeah. Or even fill out a resume. Yeah. So po- post hockey, post hockey, it's like, well, you, you couldn't exactly integrate into the Wall Street universe because that's just too scary. You know, and, and for me, I was... I was entering the real world at, you know, 40 years old. Yeah. You know, most which, of which us, is young, which is young. <laughs> well, young in life, but you know, not <laughs> entering the real world, you know, cause I went right from, you know, school. I played hockey my whole life. So I wasn't living in the real world. I was living yeah. in the hockey bubble, which is completely different than what, you know, what the real world is all about. And um, I wasn't having to do with corporate America. I wasn't having to worry about filling up those document forms because we had team doctors and everything would just get transferred over. And, you know, so the fear of the clipboard, um, I didn't have to worry about that because I was all, you know, on my file, they get traded from one team, the file would go to the next team, you know, so that was my life. Take that life away. What I have, I had nothing. And the world was just, I'll say it, it was just too much for you. I mean, you pretty much bottomed out drinking drugs to the point where you had an intervention. And yeah. I mean, how, how bad was it, Brent? Well, I'm lucky to be here today. You know, I was, I was months away from, I didn't think I was going to see 40 years old. And, um, you know, so yeah, that intervention, um, saved my life. And, you know, if I can make it here to the 28th of this month, I'll be four years sober. And, you know, that was, that was the turning point of my life. Um, you know, I had to get sober and I had to feel those feelings of, you know, struggling of being laughed at and finding a way to be okay with that. And how I describe that is just, I had to go back in my past and clean out my closets and, and through all my struggles and, and be okay and realize God, God made me like this. And yes, I do struggle with, uh, at certain things, but yeah, guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm amazing at others. And you know, there's other things that people aren't amazing at, but th- then they get this. So I had to go back and go you know, in my forties and look at my past and be okay with, um, you know, think about teachers and thinking about my parents and, thinking about all those things, you know, everybody letting me down, you know, none of them let me down. I just had to be okay with it. And, you know, I didn't know what the word dyslexia was that then now I still, I think less than 20% of the world knows what it is now. So I'm okay with my life today. And when I say this documentary and us talking about my struggles, it's not about me. It's to know that there's, you know, that one parent listening or that one kid listening that they're going to be okay. They can do this. 
you know, and I always say, you're not alone. I'm right here with you. That's so cool. And again, the documentary is here to change the world. It's on YouTube. I mean, if someone were to you know, finish this and want to watch it, yeah. it's right there. I mean, it's readily available and to please watch. Share it. And you know, again, it's not for me. It's you don't know what parents struggling with that. You don't know. Dyslexia is one in five and it's hereditary. So, you know, 20% of the population, that's how, uh, how big it is, how staggering the numbers are. So, you know, please share it with anybody. You just don't know who's going to see it. And when I say you could save somebody's life, yes, those are big words. And I mark my words, you could save their life because, you know, the self-esteem, 65% of us are addicted to drugs and alcohol. The amazing thing is watching this documentary, there you are on the ice playing with a cast, like just you, you took whatever was thrown at you in the game of hockey. And then, you know, off the ice, knowing that you struggle like this, I, I think it just goes to show that the cliche or the, the saying is true. You never know what people are truly going through, like what, what they're fighting, what they're dealing with, because to look at you, to look at Brent Sopel on paper, here's a guy who was a kick-ass defenseman in hockey, won the Stanley Cup with the Hawks. Yeah, thumbs up all the way. No, he has not a care in the world, or he shouldn't, right? That, that's the perception. But the reality is very different. In a sense, you're talking about you playing with the cast. I think this this shows a real toughness to be able to talk about this and share your story. Well, you know, you don't judge a book by a cover. You know, you'd never walk a day in somebody's shoes. You know, somebody speeds by you and cuts you off. You don't know, you know, has somebody passed away? Did some, are they trying to get to the hospital? Yeah. They didn't wake up that morning. Oh, you know what? I woke up. I'm going to cut Brent's up off. No, that's, there's something going on there, right? You know, same thing as they talk about a class clown or a bully. You know, there's something there. And you talk about playing with casts. You know, the outer pain of a cast or playing my surgeries was nowhere near what my inner pain was. That's unbelievable. That's, it's hard to even imagine. And you caught dyslexia in your daughter at a very young age. I mean, you were 32. I mean, thank goodness. I mean, you, your awareness is super heightened now that you were able to address things much sooner right. for her and, and make a better situation for her as she grows up. Yeah. You know, early diagnosis for dyslexia is, you know, is key. I wouldn't have the problems and the scars, I shouldn't say problems, the scars I have if I knew at a younger age. Yeah. You know, she just graduated high school. She's supposed to be going to college. Well, you know, with COVID and all that, but you know, she's going to be a freshman in college. So, you know, we caught it at uh, when she was in grade two and you know, she, she had her struggles and we, she had to go through things, but she graduated high school. Uh, she got into college and she's excited. And that early diagnosis is, is the key again, you know, finding out and she was seven uh, or finding out at 32, you know, obviously a big difference, but that's why I'm talk about it. That's why, you know, I'm so passionate about dyslexia is the earlier you, you find out, you know, the better it is. And last stat I heard was 40 million adults in the U S have it and 2 million know it. That's unbelievable. And again, the documentary is here to change the world. One final documentary related question. how do you get Eddie Vedder to do the final song or how do you get to use that song in the documentary? Well, he hasn't come after me yet. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, I try to. Well, I try to reach out to him. Um, I know I have friends that are friends, and so um, should, maybe should I not have asked that question? <laughs> if he comes after me, he comes after me. I've got friend, I got a lot of friends that are friends with him. So um, <laughs> it was just a perfect. 
again, you know, Cam TC did, did the documentary. It was just a perfect song that, you know, collaborated with that. So um, he may come after me. If he comes after me, I'm coming after you. <laughs> I don't want you coming after me. I've seen what you can do. I'm not, I don't want to mess with you, Brent Sopel. Let's talk a little bit about the Brent Sopel Foundation. Tell me about the work you've done, right? Before we went live with this interview, I, you, you talked about just how busy you are and how you know, life is just nonstop for you. Tell me, I, I'm assuming the foundation accounts for a lot of that activity. Yeah, you know, obviously the foundation is is my purpose. And I, I you know, I never want to be known uh, as Brent Sopel, the hockey player. You know, I want to be known in my legacy to be the foundation and uh, that, you know, I brought awareness to dyslexia and um, I can help one kid at a time. And uh, however that is, you know, through the foundation, through the awareness, through the documentary, um, you know, trying to get teachers educated in, in what dyslexia is, getting parents educated. You know, so uh, I hope that one day my foundation uh, is, you know, is big enough where I can do this full time because, yeah. you know, I always compare it to autism because everybody knows what autism is. Autism is one in 65 and it's not hereditary. Dyslexia is one in five and it is hereditary. So I passed it on to my daughter, you know, chances of her passing it on to her kids, you know, it just, it's going to keep going and we're born this way. There's nothing, you know, nothing we can do. So yes, it's, it's my purpose. Um, it's my passion. It's my life. So, um, when I say people reach out to me, I will get back to you. Absolutely. Um, may take a little bit of time and, um, I love being busy, uh, helping people, you know, anytime I can help somebody anywhere around the world, um, means more to me than ever stepping a day on the ice, uh, playing the NHL. And I, well, I don't want to dismiss the work you did in the NHL because it was awesome. And you know, listen, the, the, the God put me on a path to have a platform to be able to do the documentary for you and I to have that conversation. So hockey was amazing with me. So I'm not, you know, I'm not denying, you know, just tossing that to the side, but you know, for me, the, the purpose in life is every kid I can, I can save every parent I can help every, you know, every individual that I can save, I help change your life. Again, that's more important than, than, you know, a sport. Totally get it. I mean, I, I don't have a charity foundation or anything, but I realize, like, I feel like I've said all I need to say in my industry. I, I can still do stuff. I still like my industry, but I'm at a certain point in a certain age where I'm like, I want to start doing good. Like you, you kind of, you, you climb one hill. You're like, well, what's next? Well, I need to start doing right by humanity. And that, that's kind of where my head's at. And I, I, I can relate to what you're saying just because that's, I think that's what people should do when they hit a certain point, like, how can I help? Well, what, you know, what can I, I do? We, you know, I, you know, um, you know, the Bible and, you know, if you're Catholic, God, whatever religion, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, the world wouldn't be the world where the world is if we did that. And, you know, like I said, I talk about kids struggling. I just don't want a kid to be like, feel the way I do, you know? Yeah. So, why can't we be nicer to people? Why can't you say good morning and say good morning back and just, just, just care about other people. And, you know, it's a crazy time in this world. And I think, you know, COVID was, 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 and should have been a great thing. And I'll paraphrase that for self-improvement mm -hmm. and family, uh, you know, spending more time with your family, spending more time on yourself, self-evaluating yourself, making sure you're a better person, um, I think parents now realize um, 
kids with their kids with learning disorders, how much they really do struggle because they knew they struggled. Then they send them to school and then come home and do the homework. Right? But they really didn't see them really full on struggle like they did now. So I guess now they can advocate, you know, advocate for the kids better. So, you know, bless the hearts of everybody that passed away and then all the healthcare workers and everything. But, you know, family wise, person wise, your kid wise should have, you know, it should have been a good thing to stay at home and, and learn more about those, you know, those people around your, in your life and yourself. And I, I don't want to minimize how challenging this is emotionally for everybody. I mean, this is such a weird time. And I, I think a, a period of emotional mourning is appropriate with, with the, the quarantine and COVID-19. I think it's okay to kind of mourn the loss of what was normal six months ago. I think it's normal to, to want to just kind of detach for a while. I think all those are valid, but you're right. I, I think also at the core of it, here's an opportunity to just push the reset button. Yeah. And, and especially like you said, the, the value for parents of kids who have those disabilities and struggles to be able to see it and really understand it from the perspective of, you know, during a day of learning, uh, how informative and helpful can that be moving forward? And the answer is a lot. I love, and when I say that is if you don't have dyslexia, for example, you Zach, because me, you really don't, you don't understand what our, our whole life, you know, means. So, you know, if the mom doesn't have it, you know, the dad, she just, you just fully don't understand what our life is. So I guess it brought you a little bit closer, yeah. you know, in, you know, in, into our life, you'll never fully understand, but maybe it's a step closer to, you know, understanding. That's it. And the Brent Supple Foundation, people can find you easily uh, on the web. And what a great resource. And it, what, what an easy, approachable resource you are, Brent, um, for, for parents and kids. Just it, it's nice to know that there's an ally out there, someone who gets it and someone who can speak, speak to all of this. You're not alone. And, you know, right now we're redoing my website. So, you know, hopefully that uh, October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. So, trying to get my new website up with with more and more material more information for parents but i live it every day that's why i can say you're not alone and i'm here with you and your kid you know your son your daughter whoever that is your grandson your granddaughter you know whatever that is whoever that is they're not alone you know i'm right there in that battle with you and um you know advocate whatever that is help out any way i can i feel like i want to give you a hug now (laughs) <laughs> the virtual hug yes. <laughs> all right i'm going to stop the facebook live thank you everybody for watching there much appreciated that's brent sopel right there